0: What's up, this is Jeremy Allen Gould, and this is the newest episode of the Who's To Say podcast. For many years I booked a ton of amazing bands because I freaking love music. Even though I don't do that anymore, I've stayed friends with many of these artists, as well as some new ones along the way. This is a place to hear their stories. Get into it, guys. Oh and uh, who's to say? <laughs> Hey, it's Jeremy Allen Gould with the Who's to See podcast. Thanks for tuning in to this newest episode. Um, today we welcome uh, John Parker from the band Nodes of Ranvier. Uh, you might know Nodes of Ranvier from the label Facedown Records as well as Victory Records. Uh, it was good to catch up with John. I've known him for quite a while, um, booked Nodes quite a few times back in the day. So it was a nice conversation uh, talking about the past, the present, and the future. So I uh, hope you enjoy this uh, conversation with John Parker. With that said, John, who's to say?
1: Hey, Jeremy. How's life been treating you?
0: Man, it's been pretty interesting, pretty cool. Um, you know, I'm down here in Florida. Uh, moved down here probably 11 years ago. And, uh, man, my life's so different than what it was. <laughs> in a good way. In a good way. From
1: the, yeah, where so you moved from... But where were you before florida
0: so always oh, in wichita that's where i booked right. you guys
1: and yeah, then i, saw I moved family there yeah
0: oh that's right I, th- I i remember you saying that now that you said that
1: yeah, cousins, um, yeah a couple cousins in the north yeah
0: that's great that's awesome um yeah so down i'm jacksonville now um been here for about 11 years now which is crazy to think it's flown by so fast um, that's, that's awesome.
1: That, it is crazy because I remember when you made that move to Florida, you know, just kind of following you on social media and say, so like, yeah, you got into a warmer climate. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I know you're not, I know up there, man, I can't imagine. I, I don't, I do not miss the cold weather one bit, but
1: it's, it's not, yeah, you don't really miss it. I, I find ways to try to put up with it. Um, there is, there is something, there is a certain romance about it um the seasonal changes sure one extreme to the next but uh yeah it sure does wreak havoc as you get older on the i don't know like i've lived here my whole life and i every winter i still feel like not quite used to this
0: (laughs) yeah yeah that that first brisk morning i'm sure it uh when it hits you in the face um (laughs) so i was trying to think back um Kind of when we first met, I, I know I was obviously was booking shows in Wichita, but it was like, I want to say the tour that you guys came was with Reflux, I believe. Um, yeah, I, I know
1: there was an agony scene one where we played at a skate park. Oh, that's right. That Reflux, yeah. Um, right. And I think the agony scene one was also with uh, Becoming the Architects.
0: Oh, yeah. That makes sense
1: guys have been active
0: again, which is oh, and Yes, them. and their new record is unbelievable. It's so good. Check
1: it
0: out. Yeah. Yeah. I need to have so them on here. Um, yeah. Sure. I was trying to think that Um, I, I, that's kind of uh, that Reflux show. It kind of stands out in my mind because that wound up being kind of a who's who of, <laughs> you know, with the guys from Reflux, like Ash, you know, owning Sumerian and. Um, yes. Tosin with animals as leaders and uh, i think evan was in like animosity after that and then i wound up you know meeting you guys which i i was a big fan of anyway um and then terry your bass player wound up being he co proed with me on a ton of, of shows and so
1: okay yeah yep
0: yeah Terry was, was
1: very active in the booking agency out of lawrence kansas
0: Yeah, yeah. So him and I, we would we would uh, co-pro on a lot of shows. He got me a lot hooked up with a lot of stuff. So we worked together for four years probably. Sure. So that that is such a monumental night for me. As as bizarre as it sounds, it's just kind of one of those changing of the guards for me um, in my life, which was really cool.
1: That's awesome. That's yeah. So that would have been the first time. Well, if if not the first time in Wichita, definitely the first like awesome show.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: That was always the struggle is like working with promoters that you know if they had if you if you had a promoter that maybe didn't value your show that week you get put on the wayside a lot of promoters over you know just were overworked because maybe they were the only promoter in the in the area but for whatever reason like you could tell you know you could tell shows that were promoted by people that cared about the bands or just cared about the scene where they lived, and that was definitely apparent with your show. So we, yeah, we always man, it made such a huge difference. Just when you go into a place, and um, you can tell that there's a community there, and even if the kids aren't necessarily stoked on your band, they're at least stoked on the show, and it everybody wins. So that's that was awesome. A huge, yeah,
0: that's good to hear. I, I've uh, always kind of prided myself in that in a weird way. Um, you know, I just always looked at it from the perspective that you know I wanted to provide kids the the opera the show what shows meant to me when I was a kid like something that just blew my mind and so like for yeah, me I, all about. I, yeah I took it as an honor really honestly more than anything um but can I ask you on the side on a side note uh, with the like how often would promoters not be into it I mean like that's just bizarre to me in my mind <laughs>
1: I mean, I'm I'm turning 39 next week, and uh, when I was in nodes, I was much younger, <laughs> and it, I still see it today. I mean, it's like why why are these people even involved in booking shows? Like, what? Why is this show happening? Is this a question you find yourself yeah. asking sometimes when you show up to a place? <laughs> and like, Whose whose ego is being uh, increased? But anyways, it's um yeah the. The, the, the promoters is was, was a make or break thing. And then there were, you know, back then there were street teams, you know, yep. who, <laughs> you talk about street teams now, it's such a foreign idea. I mean, with, you know, it was basically like, I don't know, it was like maybe a, maybe a microcosm of what became the influencers or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very interesting to think how vastly different it is. And, and, you know, to touch on the point earlier about giving something to the scene that you, uh, received early on you know so, something to to hand off because you appreciated it so much or whatever like man that's you you remember like your friends who brought you to that first show or whoever exposed you to to music early on in your life and yeah like if you have a passion for it that way yeah you're going to be a very effective promoter and and that's yeah that that does make all the difference because it's it, even like having kids now and, expo- and and exposing them to music that I appreciated you know back then it's like or move, you know, whatever kind of media it is. It's like such a, I don't know, man. Like you get a little butt hurt when they don't appreciate, it. you know, those younger whippersnappers. I don't know. It's, <laughs> every <laughs> once in a while, you see, you see a glimpse of like they get it. Like, oh, yeah. I see, I see how this began. Like maybe this band influences band that I like now. And um, it's so awesome to see kind of that, you know, that little bit of hand me down um, um, interest spark in a young person. So. I mean, even if they're not young, any person, anyone, if you can expose them to the music scene and, and get them to kind of appreciate something like you did, that's like a bond that you can never break. Absolutely.
0: That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, let's, let's go back a little bit. Um, just tell me kind of how you, I, I know I've heard a podcast with you before on this, but I just kind of want to uh, go back over what, what brought you into the, the whole music world. Oh, man. Um, it was, for me, growing up, uh,
1: Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I was exposed. My 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 dad uh, enjoyed music. Um, he kind of went through that whole reformation that a lot of people go through, where they um, kind of ditch the secular music that they have, and then just you know just go along yep. with um, whatever was on the Christian radio or whatever. And and at that time in the in the 70s, there was kind of a you know there was you had a ton of um, you know, from, from Bob Dylan to, you know, you know, Take Your Pick, they were putting out these religious albums because I think people knew that, like, people's musical taste was very much directed by their spirituality. So yeah. it's, it's so interesting, like, you know, Dion DeMucci and, and, uh, and <laughs> I mean, all these, all these guys that were relatively, like, unheard of in the Christian music scene were releasing albums that were entirely gospel, you yeah. know, like you don't hear you don't hear about that today I mean you know it's just like imagine dragons is gonna put out a gospel album I mean I, maybe they could but it's just not it, it doesn't seem feasible anymore so yeah yeah um so my dad had his you know had some records off on the side that were you know his old collection but then it was mostly what I was exposed to was you know, Russ rust half Stephen Curtis Chapman oh, I Michael love Russ Smith Taft. Amy Grant yeah I mean a uh, rust half I mean the dude's voice like I know uh, Charlie Charlie Peacock, who's yeah. now doing, you know, a lot of production stuff. And they they had a lot, um, Steve Taylor. Like that guy. I no, love Steve Taylor. I don't care. I don't care who you are, Steve Taylor. Like, go back and listen to some of that old stuff. Like, he was. He's a genius. You can never. You can't really. No. Yeah, you can't. I mean, Jesus is for losers. Like, yeah. how controversial that must have been. <laughs> you yeah. Know, like, dude. It's yeah. So you know, there was a little Petra, a little Striper. That stuff was a little heavier. Like, I didn't get a lot of edgy stuff from <clears throat> from uh, from my father. But um, yeah, my parents had an appreciation for music. My mom. Um, did some traveling. She, she, she actually in college was part of a vocal group called gentle praise. Um, I didn't get any, (laughs) I didn't get any vocal talent from my mother, but I think I got maybe some, uh, an ear for music, you know, uh, uh, through, through her. And then it was just, you know, it just became music fandom. So when I was old enough to go to the, the Christian bookstore, and I remember in Sioux Falls, the christian bookstore had i m- remember that band rackets and drapes
0: yes i saw them <laughs> with living sacrifice and clank
1: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, exactly yeah Clank, clanks so good. oh my gosh oh, anyways know. um so i remember going to the to the, the christian bookstore i've learned that there were records uh, not records cds albums behind the desk that they couldn't put out on it. and right. when i learned about that it was like it's at the peep oh my show. Gosh, it's, <laughs> there's a whole new world. It's like yeah, it's like the it's like the adult section. The adult at the, section. At the, at the video store For <laughs> teenagers. There's no there's no there's no curtains or peeping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks. So so once I once I discovered that, you know, and then tooth and nail records and stuff like that, it was um for me kind of my my own interests. I remember buying the first uh, Five Iron Frenzy album and the first, uh, maybe it was the second MXPX album, then I bought the first one. Getting exposed to that stuff, you know, kind of the punk rock, ska type stuff. And then for me, moving into heavier stuff, probably in seventh or eighth grade, that first um, full-length uh, Zeo's Splinter Shards of Birth of Separation mm. that Sean Jonas was on. That, I like, I remember knowing that there was something like it was innate to like this is this is the type of stuff I, me- I remember the sound reminded me of what i thought kiss would sound like when i saw a picture yep. of kiss the first time <laughs> i totally in my, get it and my, my young brain and then i was like wow th- this this is this is really different territory and i kept revisiting it and i remember like the percussion like just Jess, jesse smith's drum stylings <laughs> and yeah. use the china symbol really really just hit the nail on the head for me and then it became you know and it was snap case and yeah. then i got into you know i mean obviously zeo's you know catalog you know, that, that came and um a uh, living sacrifice and i mean it goes somebody asked me to do like a top 10 album thing uh, a couple years ago and that everything from Slick Shoes to Dillinger Escape Plan. Like, that is one of the hardest things to pick 10 out.
0: (laughs) That is insanely hard. But,
1: but yeah, man, it was kind of like, you know, you have friends that expose. I remember, you know, meeting Ryan, uh, the drummer from Nodes, um, and us exchanging our music collections because at that time, you know, you had CD binders or whatever and you easily, you could easily do yeah. that and burning the, di- burning the stuff that I didn't have yet, you know, that he did. And, and then, you know, starting nodes and stuff like that. It was, that was such a, a cool um, aspect of like finding out what, what another musician appreciates. And then, um, you know, using those, being aware of those influences and then creating stuff on your own too. It, that was it was such an interesting time. I don't know if that's necessary. I, I, I won't say that that's lost anymore, but with everything that you can do digitally and stuff like that, it seems like the craft has changed quite
0: a bit. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I remember, actually, a uh, uh, side note on that Zeo record, uh, not the Splinter, but the um, where Blood and Fire went out. Yeah. Um. I remember, I think it was Alternative Press. I could be wrong. I just used to get magazines like Punk Planet and all that stuff, and usually Christian bands they would hate on. But I think Alternative Press one time, and I, I was a fan of Zeo before this. Like, I saw them before, actually before Splinter with their previous singer, Eric. Um, okay. Uh, I'd seen them at a festival or whatever, so I, I was familiar with them, and I, I liked them. But anyway, my whole point was uh, the review. On, I think it was an AP the whole review was one sentence long and it said this band sounds like Godzilla. And that's literally all it was. And I was like, I was like a that
1: is... to interpretation. <laughs>
0: but I was like, what a brilliant and absolutely brilliant review. Because if you get it, you get it. And if you don't, you don't. Like, and I just I don't I've always stuck with that. That's always stuck in my mind. And like uh, I have a buddy of mine <laughs> and I started a, a, a website a while back of reviews and stuff. and We wanted to do one sentence reviews because I thought it's just like it's like if you get True. to the point, you know. <laughs> I'm like, you can't get any better than this record sounds like Godzilla. Like, man,
1: what? A- Some, yeah, that's that's brilliant.
0: <laughs> anyway, that was a side note, but uh, sweet. Okay, so um, so once you got into all that, um, what what led you to beginning nodes or is that kind of where it went or were you in bands before that?
1: So I was in a lot of bands before that. Not all at one time. Um, I, I was always kind of a monogamous band guy. <laughs> I like mm. to like to really focus on on sure. you know one thing at a time. I, I was not uh, skiffing around here to there. And and mo- it was interesting because most of the bands I was in, even from very early period I w- was able to do not I wouldn't say professional recordings with but album length recordings so that was I remember like the very first band ever you know playing in a <laughs> me, me and some friends from school started like a three-piece band and uh we practiced in uh, one, our drummer's mom's house and then one day we got the brilliant idea our school that we went to let out earlier than the public schools did in, in our town. And so we would, uh, we set up one day in the garage and planned it, that we would open the garage door as the public school buses came by so that like we'd have a, we'd have a, a, An a crowd. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say a crowd. Yeah. We, just, we annoyed kids getting off their bus that day. That was pretty funny. But that was like the first, yeah. And then you, we were recording ourselves on a handy cam and then I can't remember how we got the audio off of that onto like a tape, because a lot of cars back then still had tape tape decks. Yep, yep. And, and so I just remember like sitting back for the first time and hearing something that you recorded with your friends, just like it was visceral. There was something. Absolutely. I don't know. There was, there was something about that. And then. And then you know, so fun. I would say it's so pure and so fun. And then as you get older and you, you you take it a little bit further and you run into things like deadlines and budgets and things like that, you're like, how do I maintain that fun? And if I've lost that fun, should, it's like the fourth Indiana Jones movie. Should I just make it to make it, or should I let it stay where yeah. it was and not ruin yeah. the memory? <laughs> so that's yeah. that's the challenge. Yeah. And I and I think too that that plays into why I've always like focused on one project at a time is. Um, Cause I don't think that I don't think that my uh my energies can be best uh, used if i if I displace them in, in multiple directions but yeah um it was it was just playing in bands and then starting to uh realize the value in um playing with people that were better than you <laughs> i got mm-hmm. I got a lot of I got a lot of um good pointers and uh, just learned a ton from not only going to shows and watching people who were better than me, but also playing with people who, you know, not just, not just um, better with the, with the instrument, but like the songwriting approaches and trying to draw from as much as you can. And where I grew up in Sioux Falls, we had, so we're basically just think we're right between Minneapolis and Omaha, Nebraska, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Omaha, Nebraska. And um, we would catch a lot of tours Uh, We just, you know, we're in a we're in a healthy spot, and especially in the winter, if something would get canceled, we have pop-up shows. Somebody might break break down in the area, and then we had we had a lot of promoters that were good at doing last-minute stuff or adding bands to shows, and just the exposure we had to the the, how eclectic shows were back then too. I remember I remember seeing Cool Hand Luke play with, uh, gosh dang, I can't remember, but I remember only liking Cool Hand Luke. I'd never actually heard them before. I'd heard of them, but I'd never. Uh, heard them recorded or in a live setting and they played with a bunch of bands that weren't anything like them. And, just, and then I made sure next time I was a cornerstone, I caught all their shows and it, it was just, it was awesome. So we had, um, we had a scene that was, I mean, you could do a show in a garage, a hundred kids would show up, no questions asked, regardless of the season. And uh, everyone would sell merch, everyone would win. It was, it was great. The, the community, the scene was very connected. And uh, so it was easy to want to get into that, if you had some musical abilities, you know, to want to start a band, because everything surrounding it was so awesome, we had Sioux City is an hour to the south, so you could play, you know, the VFW Hall in Sioux City was really a popular place to play, it's actually where I met Kyle Beneky, who was on the last Nodes record, and he was in uh, System Failure, um, he was playing with System Failure when I first met him, and so there were, the Omaha kids would come up to Sioux City, the Sioux Falls kids would come down to Sioux City, and uh, you, you it, it just grew from there. Um, it was so cool to, you know, Fargo as well. I remember doing a short tour with Boy Wonder and going up and playing Minot, North Dakota, and Fargo. And so there was just a lot of, uh, there was so much activity, and a lot of it converged on Sioux Falls. We had a venue called The Pomp Room, and it was a, a popular enough place, a big enough place, that uh, Aerosmith played a secret show at, at this place. Yeah, like just like out out of the blue one time they played a played a, a set out here. Now it's a parking ramp. But it was a great venue. I saw everyone from Real Big Fish to um I mean yeah, Real Big Fish Less than Jake came through Link 80 before the singer died. Um oh geez, so many good bands came through there. It was it was absolutely crazy. So that was like right as I was up and coming. So the place closed down when I was old enough to actually, you know, maybe would have been able to play there. But uh, Sioux Falls, we were just lucky, um, had such a, such a burgeoning scene and, and a very active scene. And then the older, the older crowd, um, you know, they, they would support, I, I mean, when Nodes got started and we started making the name for ourselves, you know, we got some support from, from the older guys, you know, people who came before us and we, we tried to pay our respects. And so that was cool. The scene was just wonderful. And yeah. so it was it was, there was a lot of motivation to to start and a lot of people did start bands, and and even if they didn't go nationally, just playing regionally, they did
0: really well for themselves. So it, it was cool to see that. That's awesome. Um, what uh, what when you guys started, what why'd you go to the direction you went? Is that kind of were you just all metalheads, or was it like, hey, this is what we no, not, relate yeah. to? yeah.
1: <laughs> Well, so how it's how note started, um, we were just off the heels of a band that had broken up called uh, Edict of Milan. And um, that was kind of that was more of like a screamo project. Um, there's a gentleman in Sioux Falls who owns a record store now called Total Drag. His name is Dan Nissen's awesome record store. Check it out if you're ever in the area. Um, he, uh, he was in a band also called exam uh they were known as examination of the but then everybody started calling them exam they got big because converge wore uh, one of the converge guys wore one of their shirts in the one of the jane doe videos they did mm. um but they were they were well respected anyway so dan went off to that band but dan and i played together in edict of milan and so we had the the heavy music was definitely like we wanted you know we we knew we wanted to play in aggressive bands and whatever and My thing was like, I wanted to go more, more, more metal. And so um, Thomas, our first singer and myself, um, we, I don't know. Thomas was just, he was in his first year in college at university of Sioux Falls and he met Ryan uh, early on in that first year and found out that Ryan was a drummer. I think he was a, I think he might've been in jazz band or something in high school and had a drum kit. And our first practice was just Ryan myself and Thomas in the band room at USF making fools of ourselves. Cause it, you know, nobody would take, it. it was our first practice. And it was like, what are we even doing? We didn't have material. We were just kind of like plugging things in. And <laughs> um, so that was, it was a very awkward start. And then after that, we moved when the band started, when we started to solidify some material, moved it into my parents' basement and uh, our practice space was so cramped. Cause at the time we had auxiliary percussion. So we had two drummers, bass player, two guitar players and a singer Ooh. and the newspaper, the newspaper, our, our local newspaper, the Argus leader came by and they wanted to do an article on us for an upcoming show or something. And uh, they couldn't get a camera shot in our practice space that actually featured all, they didn't have a fisheye lens or something. And so <laughs> we were, we were crammed in there pretty good, but uh, we always made, we always worked with what we had, which was oftentimes very little, but yeah, it was the the metal thing. I think we were, we were all, cause I remember like Ryan, Ryan was at, at the he was always a big Metallica. Yeah. I mean like, you know, yeah. like classic Metallica is, is what what he was structured around. Um, but then he was into Earth Crisis and you know the modern kind of hardcore underground scene stuff. Um, and like I said, we would we, you know, traded traded our CD collections and found out where, you know, from Poison the Well to Zayo and all the the new stuff that was coming out, um, hate breed and, and all that stuff was was in our Rolodex. So Nodes was kind of birthed from uh, a lot of different musical approaches in, in the metal world, I guess. Um, And I think it was, you know, we did know that we wanted to be more on the metal side of things, but I think we probably blended, we, we fell into that metal core genre, just like, you know, so much that was going on, but we didn't have any metal core bands in Sioux Falls, so to speak, metal core. It was, it was a big, punk rock and screamo. So like a lot of the bands were very screamo, like combat wounded veteran. And um, yeah, oh yeah. gosh, now I'm trying to, trying to think of the, 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 the song that get the kid with the sideburns. It was like about some kid getting beat up at a earth crisis show. I forget the name of this band, but yeah, it was Sasha and oh, wow. um, Seisha was really big. Um, uh, Love lost, but not forgotten. Yeah. Um, which, which kind of begat that whole Boston um, see so you know, like uh, botch and cave yeah. in and um converge, obviously. All those bands were were really big with with the kids in the scene. Everybody kind of looked up to those bands too. And I remember Botch came through Sioux Falls one time, it was just crazy. Hit. It was we had fun. mastodon. We had mastodon in a basement that barely fit, Whoa. you know, everybody standing shoulder to shoulder, like thirty-five of us. It it was bonkers. And this That's was before nuts. remission came out. So I remember, yeah, I remember hearing all the songs off remission, and then waiting eight months for that CD to come out. Like that's hysterical, yes. dude. It was nuts. So yeah, like again, the Sioux Falls scene, like it was a wonder. But anyways, um, yeah, Nodes was was birthed out of um, yeah, a band uh, a, a band breaking up, and then a, a, a couple other bands. Thomas had been in a band that uh, broke up around the same time, so it was just good timing. And then them getting into college, like Thomas meeting Ryan in college. And and I th- I'm trying to remember, we had our, our friend Zach Poppinga, who was the first guitar other guitar player in the band. He had been in kind of a kind of a rod Laver kind of a project, uh, you know, kind of fit in with that whole like rap core metal yeah, that was going rock. on Yeah, rap rock or mall core, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> uh, super talented. Like this dude was awesome. He was he was older than all of us and um, just had a he had his technical aptitude for guitar and equipment and stuff was well beyond ours but so we we were lucky to have from and then we had four bass players jeremy four bass players before we played our first show so it was a long ride I bet it <laughs> and was. By, the time the, by the time the band uh, came to an end we had like 18 members i think i did the math and so
0: there's yeah <laughs> wow and that's not because but, you're uh, difficult to work with i know that <laughs> it's well it, you know.
1: it was difficult. To, yeah, I mean, people, people. It's hard. You're like, you want to do this thing, make no money, and spend a lot of time yep. on the road. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, so. Yep. <laughs>
1: yep. Yeah. Who, um,
0: <laughs> who came up with the name, or how did that come up? I've, I've always been curious. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so the one of the bass players we had uh whose whose name was also John at the time we went we were in high school together so our senior year we were taking a a, a course anatomy and physiology and we just saw it. we saw it in a book in our anatomy book nodes of ranvier and we never thought that we'd have to explain it to anybody you know we just needed a band name so we could get on a a bill and play some shows you know so- Yeah. Well, I thought <laughs> so it stood prefer- out for sure oh <laughs> well, good it was funny too because a lot of bands especially regionally had of in the name it was something of some you know mm-hmm. so we were yeah. i was in a band called edict of milan right before nodes of Ranvier. so maybe it was just uh yeah it was the common common thread but <laughs> it was, awesome. there wasn't there wasn't any real like yeah i was like why'd you name your kid that it was like i like the way it sounded yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: that's awesome well i i remember specifically seeing like hearing the name but then uh, when I, I I didn't hear the first record, but I heard the second one with the Derek Hess artwork on it. But yeah, yeah, that's kind of what drew me to it because I was like, "This is really cool looking." Like, and the, I thought the band name was awesome. So it's kind of one of those like, you know, as a double whammy. It's like great artwork, great name. I'm probably going to be into it type of thing. That's kind of what I thought in my head, and I wound up being. So that's awesome,
1: dude. We were when we got the email from Derek Hess that he wanted to work with us on artwork. We had we had put out our. Our, first, our debut album, Lost Senses More Innocence on Face Down, that was, I mean, scattershot to say the least. We recorded that thing in like a weekend and a half, and um, uh, it was just to kind of like, we didn't ever really anticipate it being released uh, officially. We did our own release. We actually had another label uh, at the time take like four songs off of it that they needed to go with another band to release like a split EP thing. And so Face Down was nice enough, even though that stuff had already occurred, they still wanted it. And I think we removed a, a, a ambient noise track, and then that became Lost Senses Morning All those songs were recorded in the same sessions, but it was definitely not something we ever foresaw a label like Face Down actually putting out. So yeah. when, when the next album, the, the self-titled record with the Derek Hess artwork came out, we had started to formulate, you know, we, we were uh had had done some touring we had a label behind us now and just that like i said before you know that expectation of like now this is for real like now you're you're writing we didn't have a hard deadline but we knew that we needed to have an album out by such such a time and and work towards that so the mentality there was a shift we were out now none of us were in high school anymore it's like what are we doing with our lives? And so this was the thing. And, um, and we had such great support from Face Down. Oh, my gosh, it was just looking back on that. It's like, oh, geez, we wouldn't have been anything. with, We wouldn't have lasted as long or done as much. But um, um, the, uh, yeah, the, the the difference between the first album and the second album, the second album became much more polished and had a had a different sound, not on purpose, but it was literally what we were drawing from what we were writing. Um, it just made more sense. It wasn't quite a scattershot in the formulation of songs and songwriting. Um, but uh, yeah, that was, little did we know that that record was was really kind of what tied us to, um, I guess. I guess if you ask the, the average Nodes listener that's listened to all albums, it seems like that's the one that they kind of gravitate to. So I, I would agree with that. Uh, and when Derek Hess reached out to us, we had—I remember—we had dial-up internet. I literally had to solder a piece on our modem at the time that had broken, and like solder it back together so our so our internet would work in this house that we were renting with a practice space in it. And uh, awesome. Derek Hess reached out. We thought it was a spoof. We thought it was a somebody that knew that we liked Derek Hess and. Um, was just sending us an email with a silly you know name yeah. that they had somehow gotten to be their own and we so but it became yeah after a while i think somebody else contacted us and we we're like hey did, did derek reach out to you and we we're like yeah but we didn't think it was actually him So like, we emailed it. back and we're like yeah dude we would love to have <laughs> you <laughs> so we got to actually meet derek um so the photographs from that are in that record um are from a, a, a Cleveland, Ohio show that Derek has put on, um, or was part of that featured Norma Jean headlined when they didn't have a singer at the time. Uh, Me without you, Norma Jean, and every time I die, and we were like the second or third band on the on the lineup. It was crazy, dude. It That's was that nice. was like at that point that was the best show we'd ever been a part of. So we got so to bad. meet Derek Hess, got to meet all these other bands that we were, you know, just big fans of. And then, um, uh, the, the, the photo, the photography was taken that night for that album. And then, uh, uh it was also Derek Hess had done the artwork for a video collaboration. that was just coming out on DVD. Oh, I can't remember what it was called, but there was like a sick of it all video MXPX video and they were all done. Darren Doan. Darren oh, Doan. God Money. Was it God yeah.
0: Money?
1: Ah, oh, geez. Was that the name of the like uh, vi- music video collection? Oh no! No,
0: I know what you're talking about. It,
1: so the cover yeah. of the DVD is like a guy grasping a, a, a film reel, like squeezing it or I whatever. Know. Yeah, but, that's but, God, I think yeah. that's
0: the God Money soundtrack. Is it okay? I think so. I think, can, so. Anyways, it, I think that, it was I
1: super can. cool. So they were releasing it that night two or something yeah they were like or it just had been released so you could buy it there and and it, it was uh you get to meet darren doan and that was super cool yeah yeah i hadn't thought of that. i forgot about the darren doan aspect of that until until just now but that was I, that was a super cool night and then we drove straight home but like all this like you know awesome like oh my gosh we're doing like we were meant to do this we're so lucky to be on so this cool. show and things things are happening and then you just drive it was dead of winter. He just drives through. I remember me without you going to the next show, and they passed us and waved at us on the road, and we were Enough. just like, "Bye, uh, bye! Take <laughs> us with
0: you, bye!" <laughs> That's hilarious. That sounds awesome. Was awesome. Was well, great. I don't want to go per se go backwards, but what brought you guys to FaceTime? I was I was just always curious how that kind of materialized, and kind of was there any other labels in, interested and involved, and all that stuff. i just kind of was curious.
1: Right. So I was in my senior year of high school, and I remember I'd made a pact with myself that I wasn't going to take the SATs or ACTs because I'm like, <laughs> I'm doing the band thing. And just on principle, that's what I'm focusing on. And I, my goal was to sign a deal my senior year. And we had been playing a lot of shows locally and regionally, and we put a press pack together. And uh, it literally contained a VHS tape. <laughs> that's
0: hilarious. <laughs>
1: v h s tape of i there was probably three or four shows you know clips of three or four shows um I'm sure we sent off to solid state um but uh yeah face on records ended up being um really the the uh the preeminent response that we got back um there was there were a few other small labels that we had talked to up until that point but when face down got back to us it was like for real <laughs> so that's
0: yeah,
1: amazing. We, yeah, talked to Jason and he sent. I remember, you know, him like after he signed us, he, he let us look through the catalog and and he said, yeah, whatever you guys want, you know, we'll send you, we'll send you this this welcoming this welcoming pack or whatever. And just from the very very get go, I mean, here's a bunch of ignorant kids from Sioux Falls, South Dakota that just want to. Make some noise and get out, get out of there, you know, out of the Midwest if possible, and and do some other things. I mean, we love the Midwest, but we wanted to see how far we could take this thing. And Jason, just yeah, that that relationship was was amazing. It was the I right place, it. right time. Yeah. So we, like I said, you know, nothing but love for Face Down Records, and and it's so awesome to see them continuing on. And there's been some other bands from from Sioux Falls um, that have been on Face Down Records. There's a band called Colossus. Oh and, yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, it was super. Awesome. It's just, it's just great to see that that continuing because it's, I mean, call it a legacy, call it whatever you want. Like that that stuff, especially looking past over the last two and a half, three years and what's going on in the world. Like, what matters more than people's connection with with other people's creativity and Absolutely. music? Absolutely. And it's just, yeah, it's it's so. And you really do come back and realize how important it is when you're sitting at your place alone, not being able to go to work or yep. you know live life as you would you know normally like to but um yeah. so yeah kudos to them and i know jason and virginia are living it up uh now and they, it's well deserved and <laughs> that's awesome beautiful family out there and and it's it's yeah we stay connected um you know every once in a while we hear from them and it's it's always it's always a good thing
0: that's awesome i i um uh, do you did you ever tour with the band uh in due time
1: yes very okay. briefly because they're
0: they were on they were on, yeah. they were on uh, the what was it what's the subsidiary strike Sub- first yeah strike first so yeah. Cole and Chase they go to my church I'm, I'm really good friends okay. with them. Cole's awesome. one of my best friends um, and we were talking about nodes and he's like I think we toured with them once or whatever but anyway my whole point was he they said the same stuff about face down they they've always just been like it was like a godsend no matter what like in terms of yeah. like relationships and friendships and you know kind of those type of people that like it betters your life and you know that that's all they've ever said. So it's just, yeah, it's really, it's really, it's I would love to meet Jason at some point. I think that'd be really cool. Um, oh, but yeah,
1: he, he's, he's one of those people that you can get along with very easily. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Very, very, very awesome.
1: A lot of integrity wrapped up in, in their operation and they've that's, done so much good for someone just, just the scene in general, but yeah, their love for, for people and, uh, and, and music is, is pretty much unmatched. We had, we had an opportunity to be on, uh, you know, some uh, deal with other labels and contracts and stuff like that. And it, it never would. Yeah. We, we wouldn't have lasted without the, the, face down being, being kind of our foundational start to things. Yeah. Um, what your questions yesterday, uh, when I was kind of glancing through them, it made me think it also reminded me when we were, um, going towards the fourth record, and, uh, knowing that we, you know, our contract was up with, with face down and, um, trying to figure out what the future held. We were talking to, uh, abacus. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. We had a great, uh, lawyer that we actually got in touch through. It was because, uh, the, he also lived in Lawrence, Kansas. He was an entertainment lawyer. He knew Terry really well. Yeah. And so we were working with him. His name was Chip. Super cool dude. Guy was, that was awesome. Helped us out so much. And don't, don't ever go into legal contracts on anything blind, so he was a a huge tool for us. But um the the Abacus uh uh, contract was sent to us while um the main guy over there, I think I can't remember if his name was Ray or something. I don't know, I remember Ray at Abacus, but anyways, um they were they were super cool. But uh the contract they sent to us uh had he was in Japan or something and so he wasn't able to proofread it. He had somebody else like ghostwrite it and send it. But it actually had I can't remember the band. It was actually a contract for another band.
0: (laughs) That's hysterical.
1: <laughs> we ended up getting it. So while they were making corrections, uh then Victory Records came in and Chip said, I remember and a lawyer saying this is like he's like, When I read this contract, I, I fell off my chair. I was like, Whoa. I'm like, so this is that's a good thing. He's like, Yeah, dude, I've never seen Victory with a contract like this. It's like very non-committal, um, yeah. you know, low low risk and I was like Dude, i don't, i co- can't couldn't explain why but you know thankfully you know, being being what what um what transpired after that it, yeah we 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 were we weren't uh negatively affected by that but yeah we probably would have signed with abacus had had the contract their contract not had to go back to them and do the whole review thing and that's hysterical <laughs> so, yeah
0: What's well, that, his- what yeah. <laughs> what brought the victory and, and those are, were the did they primarily come after you after were they basically like hey did you let them know in, in advance that your face contract was done or was it just kind of like over the years friendships and stuff or
1: you know i th- i think there was yeah there was like an uh, enough knowledge of of us in the scene or whatever and they, they the, the victory was known for you know snatching yeah. up you know, b- bands in that metal core genre or whatever and so we felt um, we, we felt uh, like we were, you know, um, get, yeah, get, getting recognized for, for having been active and working as hard as we I mean, we were on the road six months of the year for like five years and, and a little bit more than that. It's just a, the average in that five years time span. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, you know, we've we'd been out and about and 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 then we we went from you know it, it was an interesting change from a label that we were very very connected with uh interconnected with not only the people that ran it but the people that worked in it you know worked in yeah. the mail room you know and we would go out there and you'd meet these people and they'd hop in the van with you and go to the next three shows and you develop these relationships with people you know, just that were on staff at face down and with victory it was you know you kind of you hope that that was the case there but we never even got to meet anybody over there. We, we tried I know we played through we played through Chicago they had an in-house booking agent that ended up like booking three quarters of a tour for us and then one day the guy got canned and nobody told us and then we found out the hard way and we tried to fill in the holes on this tour and
0: oh it was just
1: it was kind of like the perfect storm of releasing this fourth album and it should have been you know it should have been a climactic event but it ended up being kind of like a whoa, like what just happened? Like kind yeah. of bomb went off and we were still trying to, at the time when we signed with Victory, we and they knew it, it was full disclosure, we didn't have a vocalist. So our first promo picture was just four guys before Kyle had actually joined the band. We were running, we were doing tryouts, but yeah, we told them, we're like, right now we're vocalist less. So <laughs> we were worried that that was gonna, that that was gonna affect our ability to actually, you know, work, work with Victory. But anyways. Yeah, you know, yeah and find that way and and we we were really proud of that that last album it was sonically a lot different than everything else we'd ever done but it was kind of emblematic of the band up until that point we were um we were working with new people on every record and and uh ryan it was the first album that ryan and i hadn't written together um you know uh, or worked on together there was obviously we had nick thomas from spill canvas was on the second record and he he helped us write a lot of that record um so uh, with with Ryan not not being there and working with a new percussionist, it was it was a lot of newness. So then the new record label and all this stuff, it was it was a whirlwind. But it was also a, a really cool creative time. And I look back at it as it was a tumultuous time, but it was also exciting and probably everything it should have been when you're in a metal band from South Dakota. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> that actually brings me to my next question or questions. Um, what's your favorite song and favorite record that you did with notes? Like, just...
1: Whew! Um, geez, that's... So, uh, the play... The the music that I like to play the most is probably off of, uh, self-titled. Um, I I realize that as I get older, my dexterity is... Because I haven't... the bands that I'm playing in now, they're 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 more power metal um, than than speed uh, oriented, but we still play a lot of fast stuff. But um, trying to play songs off that last album now, it's like I need to I need to spend more time sitting down with that stuff. <laughs> so when we do reunion stuff, we end up playing a lot of things off of the um, the the two middle records. So the self-titled and the Years to Come. Years to Come. And, uh, those two records really hold the stuff that that yeah was. Um, like you remember where you were when you were right, like what you were thinking about, what you were, what was going on in your life when you kind of constructed that material. So yeah, definitely. uh, And as far as a favorite song, Don't Blink is obviously,
0: that that
1: that was a big one because I remember Face Down when they got our press pack um, in Sioux Falls, it was always a big thing. The crowd would, 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 you know, clap along with stuff. There were always parts of songs that instead of, you know, I don't know what different, different music scenes kind of did different things, but Jason told us when he saw that Press Pack video, he hadn't seen so many people clapping at the same time, like clapping in unison along with the music. It was just a simple thing, right? And we took it for granted because we thought that was normal everywhere, but the Don't Blink song kind of had a lot of opportunities for that, so that was one that was, um, a lot of fun because you know not only did, did did we love the song but also the crowd participation aspect of it and it's to this day it's just one of those songs that you know you start playing it and people get into it it's it yeah. Is, I'd, I'd have to i'd have to say that don't blink is probably that song
0: <laughs> yeah i listened to that yesterday actually I, that's such an incredible song i like i don't know there's something about it that just uh and it's just uh it's i love how it's all over the place but it just like once it kicks in it's just i don't know it's just one of the like you said it's just one of those that you just either you you gravitate to it immediately it's just
1: yeah
0: it's we, a banger. I, I tried to think about too like if we
1: were to do some more material which we've we've bantered the idea around but um it, it that that energy and that approach to writing i just i don't know man it's hard to know if it would just be forced anymore or yep. um it, it's 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 really hard to even mentally capture that time you know in a bottle so to speak and like you'd want to you you know you always want to progress as a musician and then your creativity but it's like i don't know if if anything we do now would really be nodes you know yeah. so it's like no, i understand <laughs> i get it
0: plus your, your your tastes have changed and you're not oh, a yeah. you know a 20 year old kid anymore with you know lofty <laughs> ambitions of being you know metallica jr you know it's like exactly exactly you yeah. know changed yep yep <laughs> um so uh i want to kind of talk about some of the shows that you guys did the tours and stuff um what can you name me some of the, the most memorable one i guess tours that you had or yeah. um opportunities yeah, that you got back. to play with you Keep know bands that to... you love looked up to sorry
1: oh no no absolutely we like we got to play locally one time with zayo and when, when dan wasn't in the band so it would have been like Touring? what era was that like Before, yeah, Corey, exactly, yeah. We saw them play in Omaha with Corey, and then they came through Sioux Falls on a subsequent tour, and we got to play with. So that was a dream come true. That was actually still while I was in high school. Um, But the tours that that really stood out were like um, uh, when when we met, um, yeah, the guys in Reflux and Tosin. Oh, my gosh. Like, playing with Tosin every night is like, why am I I even here? (laughs) The dude was playing a loop pedal a boomerang pedal through two half stack rigs and he was writing or he was recording his own rhythm track and then doing leads over it every night like it was it was amazing that dude was that dude was a machine i mean he's still a machine but anyways um that that we did ended up doing a tour with um that german band caliban
0: Caliban yeah I remember
1: yeah Caliban and then and then uh Reflux again and I remember Caliban like they had the, I can't remember how it worked but they didn't have to lug a trailer around they just had a minivan so every day on the road to the next show at some point Caliban would just go flying by us in this Chrysler and we were like you know <laughs> because they, they didn't have as much weight to tell yep. the that's <laughs> it awesome was so much fun oh my gosh the Caliban tour was was awesome that was a lot of fun
0: what's the biggest tour that you guys did was that you say that
1: one? The, that Agony Scene tour. Might've oh been that yeah, tour or the or the, when we co-headlined, we did kind of a co-headline tour with um, Sinai Beach. There was a lot of good shows on those tour. Yeah, gosh, there was there was also after self-titled came out, we did a headlining tour with a band called Arms Bend Back. I like oh, that. I've I yeah. heard it, But I think they were on Trustkill or something. So there was a lot of you know, um, um, good press around that tour. We. We also, gosh, at one time, the last tour we did—I remember the last tour we did—was so rough. We had to come home early from it, and I remember watching commercials for it on MTV too. And I'm sitting and sitting at home, like, "Yeah, couldn't finish that tour." That- <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was the promotion of the thing. is just something happened, but that, yeah, I'm trying to remember who was all on that. That last tour it was East Coast. It was winter. Um, it was a rough, that was, that was a rough go. What, but what year was that? That
0: would have been 2007. That's kind of, I feel like I was going to say, I feel like 2007, 2008, I felt like that's when the economy started to take a shit. And yeah. so I think band, it just started to get weird. That's when I, when I got out of the, out of the biz, if you will. Yeah. Um, I was, it was that's just. Right
1: before the housing bubble. Yeah,
0: yeah. It was like, I would have these monster tours and, then people started to not show up because they couldn't afford to go to the shows. And it was just like, you know, <laughs> I, de- yeah, I just vividly remember
1: that time. Yeah, we were, we, we, yeah, that, that, that took its toll. And, and it was, you know, it was problematic because we were, we had some new people in the band that this was their first tour and it was on, you know, it was supporting this victory release record and we were just finding out like, yeah, it was kind of like the perfect storm of everything coming crashing at the same time. And, um, you know, we, every, no, there wasn't an accident involved or anything like that. So, you know, thank thank God there wasn't any, you know, bodily harm as played yeah. a factor in any of this, but um, it was just, yeah, it was nobody, the, the shows were very, very sparse and they, the writing was kind of on the wall. <laughs> there were some external stressors, um, you know, relative to the, the some of the new people that had come into the band and we just didn't want, we didn't want anybody to, to, um, what's
0: the word well you
1: know you kind of want it. you got to know when to hold them no one to fold them
0: <laughs> yeah that's so true so true yeah yeah so so um when did uh so is, i guess that was a precursor to the end I, I would assume and that was kind of maybe the running on the wall um yeah. is that kind of what i guess what did you guys just decide to call it quits and then you know get a get a real job per se or is that kind of <laughs> what led to that
1: yeah, um, I decided to go to college. Um, I decided that I was gonna, I was going to do the college thing, and um, I just wanted to, you know, uh, try to try to focus on, on something that would be a little more advantageous to um, a, a future. In uh, I actually went to school for criminal justice. I basically just wanted to get a bachelor's degree in something that interested me, and then I'm not using my degree specific to what I'm what I'm doing now. Uh, but, uh, it, it was nice to have the the education under my belt, but, um, it's, uh, yeah, that, that ended up being, and I, and I was still able to be involved in music, but I wasn't on the road. So, uh, yeah, once, once the band got put to bed, we played our last show. Um, it was, uh, 2000, was it New Year's Eve, 2007 or 2008? It would have been New Year's Eve. So the beginning, we literally played into 2008, and that was the, uh, that was the last, uh, at least for that period, that was the final note show. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of, it was, it was, a it was an awesome last show, but man, it was bittersweet, you know, it was uh, putting a lot, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to bed all at once. And it, and it happened relatively fast, especially when we kind of thought we were on this trajectory of, you know, now we're on victory records and we've got, we've got a lot of, what we thought we had a lot of momentum and, and then, uh, yeah. Then that, then the, the economy stuff, you know, it did, did what it did. And um, some of us, I know our, our other guitar player, Jake at the time moved out to Colorado. And so, yeah, it just kind of dispersed and on good terms, you know, people, people yeah. were obviously it's, it sucked for what it was, but yeah, we were, everybody is still friends and Ryan and I now are we're still, um, you know, the nodes drummer and I, we're, we've been working on projects now ever since nodes broke up and it's been, uh, I actually lived just down the street from him. I remodeled the house and <laughs> moved that's into awesome. it so we're neighbors again. And um, yeah, it, it's pretty cool. It's, Sioux Falls is a, has proven to be a very good place. And that's something I learned through touring was the place that I called home was pretty special getting out there that's and seeing. Cool. I love, I love, you know, places in Colorado and California and stuff. But when it came to like, where do I want to live and start a family and into my adulthood and um, the Sioux Falls <laughs> had a, had a a, a much um, greater charm, having seen what else was out there in in the U.S. So that's cool. <laughs> Glad I had that
0: experience. Yeah. Please tell uh, Ryan I said hello. It's been a while since I to him as well. Definitely. Um. So uh, you mentioned doing shows. So is that what brought March in Arms about? Is, is that kind of yeah. uh,
1: We had we had started. Ryan always had a concept for um doing a band um he he was inspired a lot by an iced earth i think it was a double album Iced earth did at one time um about you know famous battles and war history and so this was before sabaton was around and stuff and so ryan kind of had a collection of ideas and he had he had briefly mentioned it to me one time while he was in in nodes and so um we had had a band that we started together called uh, old ironside and ryan was still playing drums and, uh, we did that for a couple of years and, uh, we had a vocalist that made an exit from the band. And as we were kind of looking at what do we want to do going forward? Um, I was like, well, you know, Ryan, you, you know, you've had this idea, like, why don't we put it to, to use now? And, uh, so he's, he transitioned from, um, drums to guitar and singing. So we actually have three guitars, three guitarists. So it's a little bit of three part harmony ability here and there. And, um, we uh, it's a it's a power metal yeah it's basically a, a power metal band march in arms and uh, we 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 put out uh, two albums we put out an album during COVID which was you know what it was but uh, the Europeans seem to like it quite a bit
0: hey, we're not they we're, love power we're, metal yeah
1: we re- we self released it and then we got signed to a label called RFL Records which is probably not something that most anybody has ever heard of but they just kind of helped us with the uh, they're 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 genuinely good dudes that are just fans of music and they they kind of they kind of pushed it a little further than than we would have uh been able to on our own so yeah we uh we've we've stayed active and we still play show live shows and get a kick out of that and um it's uh it's been good it was it was especially good during covid to you know kind of still have that creative outlet uh, done done me a lot of good um over the years you know just not not ever really putting music to bed has been great. Cause I know, you know, any, anybody who's been a musician, like when you're left to your own devices, I mean, some people are really good at, you know, learning all of the, the, the stuff about studio production and stuff like that. I'm, I'm just, I need other people to play with. Like I, I notice when I'm playing by myself, I might come up with a riff, but when it comes to actually putting things together, I, I get so much more inspired when there's like a song idea. And in that process, that's when the stuff, it's just stuff that comes out of that process off the cuff. You know, you could have a a riff. I have riffs that I wrote uh, back when I was in Nodes that I've never utilized, but then something will come up. There's an inspiration that comes out of that creative process when you're in the same room with people and something's being created right there in front of you. Um, That's when, I, I don't know, at least for me, that's where I shine. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's now more because it's more concept, Ryan will bring, um, more formulated song ideas so there's there's less of that back and forth like nodes was just like all right we got this riff okay this song sounds good so far what's the next riff we' just keep playing until something works but with march in arms it's much more formulaic like um just the song structure and stuff and and all the songs have a um you know a, a, a military history aspect to it um, um so that's kind of cool it's 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 allowed us to make some interesting music videos um, there's, awesome. there's some stuff on youtube that we've been able to do um with some friends that, that are good with video production and so yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. it's still it's not easy, but it's still a lot of fun and it's like that that creative process that you just never really want to let go of and and having that outlet with friends is uh, where yeah Sioux Falls isn't necessarily a, a full of a lot of musicians that have that mindset yeah. and that's the hardest thing you know you put more than two people in a room and you're going to have disagreements, right but uh, we're lucky to have a a, a good core of five of guys that have just kind of low drama, always gotten along, and uh, so we got we got to work with that as much as we can. It's been a blessing. Totally,
0: and you're more mature now. You know, you're not. Uh, I'd like to think know. a little. More. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> things that like mattered then don't matter now. You know, we still watch South Park. It's like oh, but really ever. Happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 um do you guys play quite a quite a few shows with that or is it just kind of like here and there shows or
1: yeah, we played we played uh two weeks ago uh down in sioux city and and so we play as much as we can it, it, i should say it's probably more like once every two months two three months we play out you know um during COVID it was less but sure. uh you know, between things that you know, friends will ask you to do, and opening for someone, we got to play with uh, Unleash the Unleash the Archers a couple years ago. Like a oh, show, yeah, like yeah, yeah. You got to play that show, you know. Absolutely, like, you know. that's awesome. We played this. We played this summer with Anvil. That was kind of interesting. Oh, dude, I love that movie. Yeah.
0: That movie is amazing.
1: <laughs> that documentary. That it did. is
0: so. It's yeah. so heartwarming and endearing. It's and, and right. it's you know, it's brilliant. Yeah,
1: every musician, anyone that's ever been on the road, can identify with that. <laughs>
0: absolutely i i, I that's probably in my top 10 movies like honestly like it's just so i don't know what it is about it i just i freaking gravitate to it yeah yeah
1: and you, you to go back i just thought about you were asking about like the tours that were the biggest we got asked to do a little leg with integrity uh which oh, wow that like you know everyone growing up in hardcore and metal it's like you, you're aware of integrity and yeah um that, that was i think it was remembering never us integrity And I can't remember, I think there was a fourth band, but there, there was all, you know, being, we kind of did a West coast thing with them. And I know that like our, our spot on that tour ended right before they played Portland. And the story that we heard was like on the way home, the integrity went up and played this show and like this, this, the singer like took off (laughs) with all the money from the tour and, um and they got beat up by the sharps. And then it was just like, Oh my Whoa. goodness. <laughs> just One day away from all this excitement, but there were a lot of good shows on, especially in Southern California with integrity. Like that was, that was, that was interesting. Um, kind of a world that we, we'd only ever heard of and now getting exposed to playing with these bands that were a band that was a pioneer and, in, and, in, in, you know, yep. for, for how old were we when that band first started out? So, yeah, it was just crazy to like find yourself in that spot where you're touring with integrity. Like it's, <laughs> that's,
0: bizarre but awesome Never saw you know? that coming. yep Yep. <laughs> so um did, did notes just play a reunion recently or I thought I saw yeah. something so we did we
1: did the first reunion show we ever did was in 2017 uh for face down fest's 20 year anniversary oh yeah yeah Jason put together an awesome show at the glass house and a bunch of us got got together and and uh and, and flew out there and played it was yeah that was a that was so much fun And then uh, recently we had um, we we were kind of you know we had we had a few promoters around the country say saying they could get us on Furnace Fest and so we we kind of got together around the idea that we would like to play Furnace Fest because we never got to but yeah uh, yeah, so we went out and we played a show in Mansfield Ohio um, for a a a buddy that or a guy that became a buddy that. um, Put us on his booking agency and was trying to get us uh, into the, the right, at, the right um, um, uh, contacts with, with Furnace Fest and stuff like that. But the Furnace Fest thing didn't come to fruition, but uh, yeah, we got to play some shows out of the deal. So once we announced that we were on this booking agency, um, uh, a local guy who does a festival uh, called Four Winds Fest um, asked us to, to headline one of the two nights. So it was interesting because the first night was headlined by Spill Canvas which was, you know, yeah. our uh, our contemporaries back in the day. And Nick had been in the band, the, the lead singer. And um, then the, so they, they played the Friday night, Friday night Headline and then we played the Saturday Night Headline. And it was cool because unlike in 2017, we had um, all of the vocalists that had been involved on the record on the records got to be involved in this show. So we kind of awesome. played. Yeah. We played an era, like our set was like, you know, from the early era to the the last era. And so, um, we had, uh, Thomas, Nick and Kyle were all involved in, in, uh, the, the vocal, um, the, they, they all got on the mic that night. So that was, that was really fun. It was an outdoor show, you know, the first four winds fast since COVID. Um, it was, it was a blast. So that kind of, that, that kept us busy through the summer and, um, uh had a lot of fun there's there's some good live videos from from four winds festival um there that you can see thomas crowd surfing thomas has a penchant for crowd surfing which is interesting because he got into uh um the he thomas uh got into like bluegrass music i mean he's a super talented guy this guy can sing and and play guitar and um I'm, i'm trying to remember the name of the band it's uh it's it's um Gosh, I'm, 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 I can't recall it right off the top of my head at, at the moment, but he put out a full length album and, uh, had, had a backing band and everything. And just like super talented. It, it was, it was, it was awesome. There, there was a summer that he put that album out. I can't remember if it was 2018 or something they, they were doing. They were playing all the big festivals in, in, in the, in the region. And yeah, they, they awesome. Like he, he has such a, such a talent, um, so that's what that's the kind of music that he's been performing. So then to come back and do Node stuff, it is definitely not something that he has uh, or a lot of us have kept up with. So it was like, yeah, we had to practice at it. <laughs> so, that's awesome. But, but he's still a showman. He still got out there and killed it. So and then Nick Murphy um, from the, yeah. the Years um, era, he yeah, uh, he got yeah. out there and killed it. He's um, he he had been in a band called Tennessee Murder Club after Nodes, and uh, I don't know if he's still involved in music right now, um, but. Yeah, it was great to see them because he had a younger brother who was in the band um, and, and had a, a very tragic yeah, accident at the linesman. And yeah, so he yeah. was there. Both his younger brothers are twins. And the one that played bass for us, Brady, on the yeah. uh, self-titled album, or sorry, on the he was on the final album. Um, Brady played bass and did the sung vocals on that album. And uh, so we got to see all of them, and I hadn't seen them for years and years. And so that was that was probably, honestly, for me, more so than playing the show was seeing these guys who who I had not had contact with for so long that, you know, you had written music with and toured with in the past. That was really the the coolest part of the night for me. So it was, it was emotional all around and, and we had a good time. And I, I, I think we put on a good show, but <laughs> we worked, we worked all summer to get, to get there. So
0: <laughs> that's awesome. That sounds really cool. Actually. I, I think that's, uh, it would it'd be cool to see. I mean, it's it's. I just have fond memories of the past and kind of, you know, the shows. And it's like it's cool that, you know, an opportunity still exists for you guys to get back together and be able to enjoy yeah. each other's company. I think that's really cool. That's really yeah. I just remember finally like of of just booking you guys in general, and it, oh, it was always a blast. It was awesome. So yeah, we enjoyed. I think we stayed with you too.
1: Um, I think so. I believe so. so- yeah.
0: Yeah. So you I, met your family and yeah, it was it was awesome. My my kids know. are teenage are teenagers now, which is nuts. Yeah, my, right? I've got a twelve year old. I yeah. dude, it's dude, that's bonkers. I know it is bonkers. It's like, <laughs> oh my gosh. I know I am and it's weird because I'm only forty four, but it's like I do not feel forty four.
1: <laughs> oh, dude, that's- oh and before I forget, I just came to mind Burlap Wolf King is Thomas's Thomas Hench's um Burlap. uh a bluegrass project that, that is sweet. I'm uh, gonna it check out. Out. Yeah. He pressed some vinyl and stuff, the artwork and
0: everything. The whole production was, was fantastic. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Sweet really dude. Good. Awesome. So real quick before we uh, close out, just tell me what you've been up to lately. Uh, I know you said marching arms and wh- whatnot, but how, what are you doing at uh, work-wise and family-wise yeah. and all that?
1: <laughs> I sell, I, I get to, I get to bump shoulders with manufacturing companies in in my area um i uh I, I work for a family-owned company we basically it's, it's called bnf fastener supply so i run around and make sure uh, i try to build relationships I'm, I'm in sales so i try to build relationships with people who are in manufacturing and uh we you know everybody who's got like a production line they need to have hardware on site they have to have parts to put into their widgets and uh <laughs> some of these are bigger than widgets the things that are being built but um one of the coolest things I've gotten to work with a customer that builds like the roto graders that you see on um Gold is it Gold Rush? Whatever tears up oh, a yeah. road. Yeah. yeah. Those giant machines. And I and I get to sell a a, a a very high um high test rivet to them that's that's only made in one place here in America. And uh so there's obviously supply chain issues that have come into play come into effect. So try to help People schedule out their production when the world goes, goes crazy uh, like it has. Um, but it's, it's really about building relationships more than it is about what you're selling at the end of the day. So yeah. the fact that I work with a, a family owned company um, has, has allowed me to, to, to do that. And it's, it's just been great. They, they started right before COVID March 3rd, 2020 or whatever. We had literally gone and played a March in arms, played a, sh- a showcase in Vegas uh, <laughs> to try to get on walking festival and, oh, uh, Flying back, flying out and flying back was when you started to hear, like, the world's going to be changing here. You knew that something was on the precipice. And, uh, yeah, after we played that show, that was one of the last shows, we played at the House of Blues and Bush. Yeah, we, we actually had a bottle of wine that Gavin Rosdell had written on.
0: <laughs> I love that. Uh, They
1: played the night before. Yeah, it was, it was kind of interesting. Again, how did I get here? And, um, <laughs> but uh, that we found out when we left, uh, when we left our hotel room at Circus Circus, we found out that, uh there weren't any shows anymore after the one we had played. So that was, that was crazy. But um, yeah, this, this has been, this has been cool. It it allows me to get out into the community, which I I love doing and not have to sit in an office all the time. And during COVID it was weird because you're trying to learn who who people are different places, just basically over the phone and email, which is a little harder than actually going and meeting them face to face. But uh, yeah, I've been blessed, blessed with that. and, And, and working for good people and working with good people. Um, awesome. and then yeah staying busy with the with with the band and, and music stuff obviously uh, I'm still a gear nerd so um, <laughs> love the, love the guitar the guitar gear um I, uh, I I've been getting to stay busy with some travel um, got to go see the killers in uh, Arizona a couple They're months so ago good. They're that, so was, good. that was a lot of, that was a lot of fun that was a great show and I think it was a show that was like two years that was supposed to happen two years ago. And it didn't happen until yeah, like two months ago. So um, they were playing catch up, and the energy was just like, yeah, everybody was kind of pent up, and it was so much fun. i would never uh, yeah. seen live, so I was ready for it. It was awesome. Mister
0: Brightside uh, live, Whew. man. It <laughs> is... All of
1: those, all of those hot fuss songs, uh, and, then I know. and then there's, there's some in there that kind of creep up on you that you're like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Now that yeah, one's yep. one great too. Is, yeah, it was a wonderful, wonderful yeah, night. They were actually, they were playing with the guy from the Smiths. Oh, Johnny Marr. Yeah, Johnny Marr, and so they they the killers actually played, I think, as, as part of their encore, they played two Smith songs. So that was That's that sweet. was that was awesome too. Yeah, that was awesome too. So
0: that is so dope, man. I saw I saw them probably eight years ago. I don't know. Okay, on the um, I forget which tour it was. Anyway, phenomenal. Like just blew my mind. Yeah, like just yeah
1: they're they're and it's so cool to see like the, their guitar player is awesome because he's always playing the explorers like he looks like he could be a metal guitar player but he uh yeah it's just they're they're one of those bands they like even from like hearing the stories of how they got together just like i know in las vegas like looking for other musicians and then that happened the killers kind of just accidentally happened so cool so awesome That's cool
0: awesome dude well, I really appreciate your time, man. I know it's been a while since we've got to catch up and I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day. Um,
1: Absolutely, man. Yeah. You worked hard at making this happen too. I appreciate <laughs> your patience with me. Yeah,
0: dude. You know me. I, I, I just, I go with the flow and, uh, this, this gets you everything, man. Yeah, dude. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. Well, I really, 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 really appreciate it. And, I uh, hope to talk to you soon, buddy.
1: Absolutely. Let's stay in touch. Have a great Thanksgiving and wonderful holiday season. And, uh, yeah, we'll have to geez, if I ever get down into Florida, man, I'm I'm looking do. New up for sure.
0: Please do. I got plenty of room. <laughs>
1: awesome, awesome. Same to you, dude. Same to you. All right, buddy. Have a good holiday. Take care, you too. All right, bye-bye. Thanks.
0: Hey guys, it's Jeremy Allen Gould with the Who's to Say podcast thanks for tuning in to this latest episode, uh, with John Parker from the band nodes of Ranvier. It was a good conversation, uh, about the past, um, kind of how he began his, um, venture into music and, uh, what he's doing now. So it was a really cool opportunity to catch up. And, um, John's an amazing musician, amazing dude. And I really hope you enjoyed this uh, conversation. So looking forward to who we have coming up in the future. So stay tuned. And, uh, With that said guys, who's to say?